Chris Marr, welcome to today's How to Jab and Knock Out the Competition with Real Sales and Marketing Results. How are you? Good to be here, Chris. Yeah, feeling good. Ready for a fight. Aspiring awesome. lesson. <laughs> let's do it. Well, Chris, let's jump right in. Uh, let's talk about traditional marketing agencies mm -hmm. and why they're broken. Kind of expound on on, on that on that uh, right. particular, uh, yeah, particular so... topic. Why? Why are the why is the traditional agency model broken? Now, I think you know you like to cut to the chase, right? You want to get really direct and and to the point with these things. So yep. I think the, the 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 thing that floats to the top for me is knowing that. And I've asked this question of many agency, I want to say agency owners, but people that are like senior agencies. Could you honestly say that a client of yours having outsourced your content and your inbound marketing to an agency went on to become the most trusted voice in their space, yes or no? Hmm. And the answer is a resounding no. That yep. did not happen. So that question is at the is really at the core of what we're trying to get at here. Is that what we found out is is that the the clients who had the best results who are by far and away our best case studies for inbound marketing results, we, we just saw it as black and white. There was these clients over here who were outsourcing their content to an agency, and there was these clients over here that learned how to do it for themselves, right? They learned how to write the right content and uh, produce the correct types of videos. And we'll maybe get into that a little bit later on. But ultimately, they learned to do it for themselves. They insourced it instead of outsourcing it. Ultimately got and have and continue to get the best results. And of course, with impact and the Ask You Answer, our mission is to help companies to become the most trusted voice in their space. And that really, that to me is like the, the biggest case for why not only is the agency model broken, but ultimately we need to change the way that we deliver agency services, which is to shift from doing it for our clients to helping them and coaching them and guiding them educating them to do it for themselves because ultimately that's the future of their company as well they don't want to have to rely on an agency for the rest of their business right we're here to say you don't have to rely on an agency for the rest of time in fact if you work with us for the next 12 to 18 months we're going to show you how you will never have to rely on an agency ever again and become the most trusted voice in your space that's really i would say chris there's many things that we could get into, but that to me is like at the core of this mission or this core of this, like this, this idea or this concept. Well, okay. So, so, so let me play negative Nancy, um, because if I'm a traditional agency, um, mm -hmm. I'm getting nervous. Now you're giving me the nervous Nellies <laughs> to right, use okay. that phrase yeah. because, Oh no. Well, if I'm not doing it for my client and I have a creative director, I have a graphics designer, mm -hmm. right? I have a videographer, I've got a content writer, like sure. what happens to my business model? Now, right. You and your team are at the forefront of, of and I completely agree because I, I I've read the book multiple times. They ask you answer by I'll give them a shout out on this on this podcast, Marcus Sheridan, because <laughs> it makes complete sense. And I get it. And the buyer's journey and inbound marketing and how to do it the right way. But I think the resistance, just from my perspective, Chris, is Right. But then how do we come operationally efficient, Chris? If we're giving them that, if we're giving it away, we're giving away the farm, we're telling them what to do, and then they go off and do it on our own, what the hell are we supposed to do as an agency? Right. Yeah, good good question. Um, and that is that is the fight. 
right? So yep. there's some there's some agency, <laughs> that's a boxing match. <laughs> exactly. There's some agency owners that are ready to hear that. They actually have been very doubtful for a long time about the future of their agency. They can right. see that a lot of the work has been automated. The AI is starting to do a lot of the work for them. There's apps and software that can do and a lot of the work that we used to do for people in a very cheap, easy, fast, frictionless, convenient way. Um, and it's it's the devaluing the services that traditional uh, agencies offer. And they're trying to figure out a way, you know, they're saying to themselves, you know, what is honestly, objectively, rationally, the future of agency services, right? That's There's people that are asking themselves that question. There are also agencies out there that are saying, you know, we can't go on like this. We seem to scale and we get lots of people and we have lots of people leave and we've got a lifestyle balance problem. They're working too many hours. They're burning out. The clients are, you know, notorious for like pushing deadlines or like increasing scope of work and we don't get paid on time. And we're not getting paid enough. Um, and they're, you know, the, the clients are dictating the terms, you know, and there's a lot of those challenges happening. And the truth is, is that there's another world on the other side of this where you can build a coaching agency uh, where all of these problems disappear. Mm. And it's just really, you're right. There's going to be people listening to this and thinking we're not ready to hear that. And there's going to be people that are ready to hear that message uh, and want to explore it. Um, but for the people that are not ready to hear it, you, I think it is that question. It's like, when you look at the future, the next five to 10 years of your agency, do you really see truthfully a, a truly profitable business model there for you? You know? Fair. You know, pivoting, Chris, pivoting to, to, to coaching, right? Let, let's jump into that for a few minutes is, you know, the, the, there's a pivot. I agree with you. This business model, it's going to change. <laughs> Whether you change with it or not, it's already changing, right? And I know right. Marcus has talked about that, and you've talked about that, and uh, mm -hmm. you know uh, other other folks within your team. Um, how do you then pivot that into a a, a serviceable uh, operation where you're turning into that more of that coaching sure. model? Talk me look, talk me through a little yeah. bit about what does that look like from your perspective? Yeah, I think this this is a good segue because I think it might address even some of the fears that agency owners do have is that I, what I'm not saying is, is that like overnight you're going to flick a switch and you're going to go from like having these clients that you service in a traditional agency perspective or context to being a coaching company. What's more likely going to happen is you're probably going to create a coaching department within your agency, right? You're going to start to provide some type of coaching service, right? So there's going to be a transition in the culture of your of your company. I think that's worth saying. It's not. It's just not going to be overnight. It certainly wasn't overnight for us at Impact, right? It took us, I mean, it's been three years since we made that transition. So we've learned a lot about what to do, what not to do. Um, ultimately, we can help other agencies get there a lot faster than we did. But I think there's going to be a transition period for a, a lot of agencies. Um, and it's going to take time for them to, to do that. I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I think it's the haves and have nots. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'll give you one example, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Let's pretend that, that my client is a roofing company. Right. Uh, I'm an agency, right? I, Chris, I know nothing about roofing. Who am I to be the authoritative figure on content and what the campaigns look like if I know nothing about roofing, right? But yet these agencies think that 
if they're not giving the results that are expected, the ROI, right, um, that they're not quite sure where their business model yeah. goes. But to your point, I agree that, look, the haves are who best knows your company than the people that work inside the company, who right. are doing the roofing, who understand the material, the process, the diagrams, right, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm not, I don't mean to go off on a yeah. tangent, but that's important to note here. Yeah, I think this is a great, it's a great point. And the, 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 the shift that we're trying to make, of course, is that instead of yeah outsourcing it to an agency who may or may not be experts in what you do, what we're saying is you are an expert in what you do. Let's show you how to do this, right? And so that you can own this for yourself. You can own your own digital sales and marketing destiny, essentially. But this is the, the transition that you're making in this conversation, Chris, is it takes you to like, what does it take to coach that, right? And honestly, that is a different set of skills um, that a lot of people need to learn how to do differently. You're no longer like, so here's here's the picture, right? It's like the client is telling you what they want and everything mm. you do is custom built, custom built agreements, custom built proposals for what you're going to do for them. And the client is dictating the terms. They're pushing you. I use this like metaphor, which is that the client is on the balls of their feet and the mm. agency is on their heels, mm. right? We flip that. So now the coach is on the balls of their feet and the client is on their heels. We lead the way. We dictate the pace. We tell you what good looks like. And you are there to prove to us that you can do this work and that you can own this for yourself, right? So the tables are turned. It's much more valuable it's much more profitable and it's much more, I would say, impactful work that we're doing for businesses. We're really setting them up for future success. It's the right thing to do morally as well, I think. And this is what clients want. The clients, they may never say it, but if they don't feel like you're challenging them, they're mm. going to drop you, right? So clients want to be challenged they want to be pushed they want someone to tell them where they're going wrong they want someone that's going to come in and say and like talk them out their bs right they want that and um, they might never say it but that is what's truly valuable to them is getting hard direct questions and being pushed in areas where nobody's ever done that for them before and they will pay way more for that than they would for someone to write a blog article for them. Like, I think anybody listening to this would agree with that. It's like, there's no question. 100%. I, lo I love that perspective. Let, let's pivot into uh, sales and marketing, Chris, in, in the digital mm -hmm. space. I know there's probably many different directions you can go. What's your perspective on trends that you're seeing, uh, you know, whether it's dark social, video? I know I know, uh, video is a huge component of what impact does. Yeah. Um, what are you seeing from a digital consumer space as it relates to sales and marketing? Yes, yeah, a wide open question. Um, <laughs> I think for sales and marketing, the the biggest themes I would I can only really reflect on. I'd, I'd like to use my personal experience. I think that's the yep. best. Not like picking it up from a book or anything like that. the The challenges and trends I would say that we have are. You know, for inbound marketing to work, to be truly successful, for a company to really achieve success at their highest potential, there has to be a cultural transformation within a company, right? There has to be a breaking down of silos between sales and marketing. 
It has to be that way. Um, the sales team need to drive really the content that we're producing for the company so that they, because they understand the buyers better than anybody else, right? So if our mission is to create content that helps our prospective buyers to make an educated and confident buying decision, the sales team need to be heavily involved in that. You can't get the sales team involved if the sales leadership aren't bought in, right? So our, a big part of the trend that we've seen over the last couple of years is from the very start of any inbound marketing agreement is getting sales leadership buy-in from the start. No negotiation, no questions asked. If the sales team and the sales leader aren't buying into this, then we've got a project that's dead on its feet, right? From the very start. So I would say that's like a trend and a challenge, something that we need to overcome. I would say this more broadly is that if all inbound agencies were able to find a way to work more closely with sales teams, the, their client and the company would find them to be more valuable and probably spend more money with them as well. Um, we find that when the sales leads really feel bought in and they feel like they're getting value, that's a good signal that this work that we're doing is seen by the company as valuable too. For some reason, there's like a an over-indexing on what sales people think in companies in terms of value. So I'd say that's one trend. The other trend, I think you're right, is is absolutely video. And as much as I'd, I'd, I'd like to tell a different story here, sales teams, generally speaking, are behind the times uh, in both tools and software and applications that they can be using to really to reach out to buyers. And one of the things that we talk about a lot, Chris, is, you know, you know, what would the difference be if every buyer, two things, if every buyer that you speak to for the first time not only feels like they know you because they've seen you and heard you, but they've also had all their initial questions and objections handled already before they speak to you for the first time. In, in, in other words, they've pre-qualified themselves as a good fit buyer before they ever speak to a salesperson for the first time. And this, I would like to say that this was this was trending, <laughs> but it's still not, like sales teams aren't catching on to this and they absolutely should be. And, you know, just to draw a full circle here, if you think, if that's our mission, then the marketing team's role, you, your content writer, your videographer, your marketing strategy is really there to support this, like to enable this to happen, right? So you've got the sales team and the marketing team working together to get better fit buyers. And we, we ultimately become this one team, right? So this would be the final thing I'll say on trend is that we we as a company have got very good at in, is very quickly breaking down silos between sales and marketing teams by creating what we call the revenue team, right? Which means it's a group of people across sales and marketing, customer success sometimes, maybe a few others, but primarily digital sales and marketing, we all have this goal, this one goal in common, which is to drive revenue for the company. And as soon as we can get sales and marketing into the same room as each other, working on this common goal, we suddenly realize that we're all in sales. Oh, by the way, uh, we're all in marketing as well. Oh, we're all trying to do the same thing. So why are we fighting against each other? Why are we blaming each other? Why do we, why do we create excuses for you know the poor leads? Uh, why do we create excuses for the sales team not closing more deals? It's actually all of our responsibility. We all have to take responsibility for this. We all have a role to play. So those would be the three major things I would say is is breaking down silos and 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 using the revenue team concept as a way to do that, and really getting sales teams to understand the benefit of 
integrating content into the sales process in terms of addressing common questions and objections and making sure that our buyers feel like they've seen us, they've heard us, and they feel like they know us before they speak to us for the first time. Say those were the majors. I'm sure there are many, many more. But those ones, I think if you can crack them, really open up the possibilities with sales and marketing teams. Yeah, that, 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 well, look, it's a game changer. And, and I think about, um, gosh, if I'm a sales rep and who wouldn't want a pre-qualified meeting, hello, if I already know what their objections are and I already know their pain points, like, yeah, that's going to streamline my sales cycle. <laughs> that's yeah. going to streamline my process because I'm going to know ahead of time. I don't have to have this awkward conversation with you about, so Chris, tell me more about your pain and what are you, you know, what are you, what are you going through today? Like, no, <laughs> all that stuff is done ahead of time. No right. like trust, right? I talk about that a lot. No like trust. They know you, they like you, they trust you. And mm -hmm. if you can do that stuff ahead of time, especially on video or face to face, um, you're ahead of the game. And and I right. and I think who wouldn't who wouldn't want a a cohos uh can't say the word cohesive unit. I'll try that again. Yeah. <laughs> um, where you're driving for the same mission, the same goals. Like hello, right. you're right. We're all totally. in sales, whether you like it or not. You're selling for the company. That's what you do. That's right. And I think the, the, the challenge sometimes is for salespeople to see a content writer as a salesperson too. Okay, mm -hmm. they're not on the phone. They're not, taking, uh, they're not taking meetings, but they are selling for you, right? They're addressing a question. They're addressing a concern. They're helping people to pre-qualify themselves. You know, and sales teams need to get out of this like idea that their value that they bring to the company is getting on calls, no, the value that they bring is getting on calls with qualified buyers. That's the value they bring. The value isn't um, that you did 50 hours of calls this week. The value <laughs> is that you spent 15 hours with truly qualified buyers that closed, right? So you can increase your closing rates by decreasing the amount of time that you're wasting on bad fits and strip out all of the common questions and objections that you seem to address time and time again. That's not your value. That's not your value as a salesperson. Your value is to have really great, valuable conversations with good fit buyers, and you can help them to make that final decision that they need to make and uh, sign the check, get the deal. Love it. I was just thinking about another phrase I use, form fit function, but right. I, I'm going to go off on, on, a, on a quick tangent because I, I know you and I could talk for hours about email. And, and I think about the traditional model versus the progressive model. And let me explain. So I got an, e I got an email this morning from a vendor. Mm -hmm. This is what he leads with, right? I don't know, whatever the subject line, it doesn't matter. You know, I opened up the email and said, hey, Bob McGillicuddy here from XYZ Company. Um, how are you doing automation today, right? And it was just like, I know this is from a marketer, Chris, that I know that they have no idea who I am, what I do, how I do it. Um, and, and that it just, it drives me nuts because that's the old model and I'm getting sick and tired of seeing those emails over and over again. Do people wonder why emails aren't looked at as much anymore? It's because of that crap. I'm pardon mm -hmm. my French, but it is. There's yeah. too much junk out there right now. And if you're not taking this progressive approach about the they ask you answer where you're pre-qualifying and you're tying in the sales component with the marketing component and you're all working together as this RevOps team Mm -hmm. that's how you're able to go from good to great, in my opinion, from decent to top performer, right? Um, any perspectives from you on on, on, on the email angle and kind of mm -hmm. what you're seeing or just kind of your thought process yeah. from that perspective? Like a couple of thoughts. The, the first thing is, is the prospecting is usually done um, like in a silo, right? So you've got the sales team, sales team crafting emails. They're like, well, 
actually, wouldn't it be better if we had a, a content team helping you craft those emails, right? Would that not make sense? Yeah. I think that makes sense, right? So let's look at our prospecting. How well are we doing it? Um, but absolutely, I always come back to like the, I just think about morals and marketing, right? Morally, mm -hmm. what are we supposed to be doing? Now, if I go back, and there's a the point to the story, but if I go back to the first the first time that I really like got sight of Marcus Sheridan and his work, it was back in 2013, mm -hmm. Mad Marketing Podcast, 2012, 2013, something like that. And I just remember listening to him and thinking, that's the type of marketing person I want to be. Because at the time it was Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone yep. and like and I was just yep. like, that's not me. Like I can't sleep at night knowing that I'm like the tripwires and pull like clickbait. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to be that person. And then that was what really caught my vision with Marcus was is that I can do all this, but I can do it in like an honorable way. I can do it in an honest way, right? I can be an honest, transparent marketer, salesperson, which I thought was like that to me was exactly what we want to do transfer that to like that lesson that i learned or that vision that i had back then to what we do now and you're absolutely right it's like looking at everything we do and say is this are we being honest are we being transparent are we being unbiased in the work that we do how can we be more personable how can we be more personalized with the work that we're doing how can we make people see that we care about whatever it is that we offer and how it's going to be valuable to them and try to use that as a filter to decide about how we communicate with buyers, right? Can we, but I think it's still possible to use automation and still do it better than what we're doing it right now. I think it's just, I think it's probably a mix. It's hard to tell where the line is, Chris, between stupidity and laziness, right? They both mm. look the same on the output, but I think that's what we're suffering from. It's just, it's just too easy to send out these emails and like tick a box and say, I, you know, I sent an email to like a thousand people today. Maybe one or two people will get a couple of nibbles out of that. It's just too, too easy. And it's, it's breeze laziness and stupidity because people don't have to learn how to do these things well. But if you go back to like the principles of the ask you answer and you think to yourself, well, how do we do this in a way that, that really breeds trust, that builds trust, builds relationships with people? How can I make sure that when someone gets a first contact from me, they really get a sense that, I know and understand the problems that they're having in their business. You know, and a good example of this would be the difference between, hey, so what's the biggest challenge that you're having in your business right now? Versus mm. over the last three years, my experience tells me that there's three major problems that people like you are having in your business. Problem one, problem two, problem three. What would you say is your biggest problem out of that list? Right, like a, mm. Even that is like a subtle shift to, well, this person does understand our industry. And we are having one of those problems right now, you know? So it's like, how can you start a conversation in a way that feels like the person that you're speaking to, the salesperson is like a peer in your industry, right? Someone like, like really understands. And I think a lot of CEOs, for example, and CMOs and sales leaders are totally fed up dealing with like low level salespeople that don't have a clue about what they're going through, what their experiences are, and what their problems are in their business today. And all they're trying to do is sell them a piece of software or whatever it might be. And I'm referencing B2B, but I think you've got me on like a rant here, Chris, but like that's my <laughs> that's my hot take on, on what you're saying there. I think if you can get back to the practicals of like, you know, a relevant subject line, um, getting a video in there with a thumbnail using Vidyard 2 or something like Loom, um, or soapbox, something like that, 
show yep. your face, show that you're a real person, make sure it's clear that this is just for them and it's personal, personalized. And, you know, uh, just being more transparent and honest in your communication. Love it. Uh, I, I could, I could, I, I could listen to you preach for hours. This is great. So let's let's leave on let's leave on this, Chris, and we'll kind of wrap it up because you talked about it earlier during the during the uh, sure. uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Is how does someone transform from a traditional agency to to that more of that coaching model that 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 you folks are doing over at Impact? Well, it's a big question, but I'll try and summarize it as best I can. So the first of all is I think you have to get what we talked about today. If you're like, right, I, I see value in this. I understand that perhaps we could have bigger profit margins. We could probably do better work. We probably yep. could get better results for our clients. So like, you've got to get the, the vision, first of all, the why of it. And I think once you've caught that, it's really a process of like, well, how do we, how do we, how do we do coaching? Do we have any, hmm. like, let's get those coaching skills. So like, that's what we do, Chris, that's an impact. That's my job is to coach coaches how to coach, right? Um, and a big part of that is obviously understanding how to coach the ask you answer, which is hmm. a big part of it, but how to become a really indispensable and authoritative coach in the process as well. So you've got all the skills that you need. So in short, we give people literally uh a model where like mm. here's exactly how to walk someone through the ask answer over the next 12 to 18 months here's the pricing model here's the business model here's the skills let's do the role plays let's get all the different you know let's iron out all the challenges that you're going to come up against and how to overcome them and how to walk a client through this whole journey our mission is to have 10,000 the ask answer companies across the world and the way that we're going to do that is through people doing what I do all across the world, working with clients. So, you know, I think it's, a tr it's like I said before, Chris, it's a transition. Um, but, you know, you first of all have to, in your mind, really see that this is something that is going to be valuable for us to do, that we want to do this. We want to be coaches. And um, honestly, it's the best thing that people can do for their business, for themselves, for their clients is to become a great coach, help them solve their biggest problems um, and help them solve the problems in a way that makes them feel like they solved it for themselves. Love it. Seeing and believing and becoming their trusted advisor, right? How, yep. uh, Chris, where can people connect with you? How can they learn more about this program you just talked about? Yeah, so the program, um, there's several ways to do this. So the best thing to do is to go to the impactplus.com and you'll see there's a menu in the top navigation that talks about certifications. So go explore our certifications. The one that mm. you'll be looking for is our coaching certificate, They Ask You Answer, for individuals. Now, we also have another coaching program that's kind of behind the scenes at the moment. Um, but we're coaching agencies, full agencies, to trans like, tra make that transformation or that pivot into uh, coaching. So we're working with full agencies at the moment as well. That's not like fully launched into public world yet um but it will be very very soon so we work with individuals chris and we work with agencies and of course you know you can put my email address into the show notes and also yep. um, my linkedin is probably a great place to connect and i have a really great video channel on instagram that Ooh. everybody should check out which is mainly focused on coaching skills um, and becoming an authoritative coach so i think that'll be useful for a lot of people that are listening today as well awesome well, Chris, thank you very much for your time today on how to jab and knock off the competition with real sales and marketing results. We really do appreciate your time today. 
You're welcome. It's my pleasure.